Welcome to The Refresh from Insider. I'm Rob Gunther. And I'm Rebecca Ibarra. It's Friday, September 9th, and we're here with you updating the news all day, every weekday. Here's the latest. The royal family and the UK as a whole has entered an official period of mourning for Queen Elizabeth. Our colleague Hallam Bullock is in London, and he says the mood is somber today. Here's what happens next. Bells will toll in tribute to the Queen at Westminster Abbey, St. Paul's Cathedral and Windsor Castle. And a 96-round gun salute in Hyde Park will mark each year of her life. Hallam says major sporting events and outdoor concerts, even worker strikes, have been largely cancelled. And flags are at half-staff on government buildings. Mourners are continuing to gather outside of Buckingham Palace to pay their respects as the nation waits for King Charles III to confirm the funeral arrangements. The King and Camilla will return to London this afternoon, where the King will meet with the new Prime Minister, Liz Truss, as soon as possible. He'll then meet with the Earl Marshal, the person tasked with developing the carefully choreographed schedule for the coming days. And after all of that, the King is expected to make a televised address to the nation, his first as monarch. There actually might be more classified documents still floating around Mar-a-Lago. That's among the concerns the Justice Department argued in a pair of court filings yesterday. Government lawyers told a federal judge they plan to appeal parts of her ruling that are blocking the DOJ's criminal investigation into the seized files. In its filings, the department basically said, look, you want to appoint an independent party, the special master, to go through the boxes for any personal records that might be in them? Fine, whatever. But we urgently need access to the hundred or so classified docs are covered that may threaten national security. The DOJ also promised they'll appeal to a higher court if necessary. If you live in Michigan, you have a right to be confused about whether you'll be voting to enshrine abortion rights in your state constitution this fall. Now, it looks like you will. The Michigan Supreme Court has ruled the measure should appear on the November ballot. The amendment easily had enough signatures to put it up for a vote, but opponents tried to shut it down over technical issues, like the spaces between the words on the petition were too narrow. The state's chief justice called the opponent efforts, quote, a game of gotcha gone very bad. An abortion debate in South Carolina's Senate got pretty heated on Thursday. The Republican majority didn't have the votes to pass a House bill, one that would have banned nearly all abortions. And that's because all three Republican women in the chamber joined the Democrats in voting against the bill. At one point, Republican Senator Sandy Sen said, And if what's going on in my vagina is not an unreasonable invasion of privacy for this legislature to get involved in, I don't know what is. The state's current law, which bans the procedure after six weeks, that's been suspended by the state's Supreme Court. We got a couple updates for you on what's been happening in Ukraine. First, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken made a surprise visit to Kyiv on Thursday. He pledged nearly $3 billion in aid for Ukraine and neighboring countries at risk. That's on top of the $675 million in military aid the State Department announced earlier in the day. And second, a Russian businessman has offered to give a billion dollars to Ukraine. Why? Officials say it's likely because he wants the UK to relax its sanctions against him. Did you know you can share any of our segments on social media? Just look in the description section on your podcast app and you'll see a little share link next to each story. It's super easy. Give it a try. 
today and every day we're updating the refresh from Insider as news happens, so check back whenever you want to know the latest. Dave is out this week, but he left us this interview about how some YouTube creators are actually trying to solve true crime cases. The head of the United Nations is calling on the world to help Pakistan, which has been devastated by months of monsoons and flooding. Here are some numbers to put the damage into perspective. The floodings killed at least 1,300 people. It's disrupted the lives of more than 33 million people. The Pakistani government says it's facing $30 billion in damages, and a third of the country is still underwater. Secretary General Antonio Guterres says glacier melt because of climate change is partly to blame, and especially because Pakistan is responsible for less than 1% of global emissions, Guterres says the bigger nations that are contributing to climate change are obligated to help. Steve Bannon, Donald Trump's former aide, pleaded not guilty in New York State court Thursday, and he's, you know, defiant. They will never shut me up. They'll kill me first. I have not yet begun to fight. Bannon was charged with money laundering, conspiracy, and fraud related to his nonprofit, We Build the Wall. Now, if you remember, federal prosecutors charged him back in 2020, and then Trump pardoned him. But the thing is, pardons only work for federal charges, not state charges. And these charges are coming from New York State's attorney general. Heroin use seems to be on a sharp decline, which might sound like a good stat, except it's being replaced by the stronger and deadlier drug fentanyl. New data from Washington, D.C. shows people dying from heroin overdoses at a much lower rate than just four years ago. And there are similar findings in nearby states like Maryland. Officials say it's important to understand the distinction between the two drugs because they carry different risks, and public health programs meant to keep opioid users from dying might need to be updated. Texas has bused more than 9,000 migrants and asylum seekers to Washington, D.C., and the capital's mayor is declaring a public health emergency. This will allow Mayor Muriel Bowser to allocate $10 million to help migrants with things like shelter, food, and medical care, and then get reimbursed by the federal government. The Republican governors of Texas and Arizona have sent hundreds of buses full of migrants, including children to D.C., New York, and Chicago, in a political stunt over what they call a crisis at their borders. The FDA has approved a new anti-wrinkle injection that could become a big competitor to Botox, which has long dominated the market. The new drug is called Daxify. It's been found to reduce the appearance of wrinkles for six months, which is two months longer than Botox. One analyst tells the Wall Street Journal they expect Daxify to generate $1 billion worth of sales in the coming decade. Who doesn't love a good true crime story? Whether it's a podcast, a vlog, a documentary, a biopic, we can't seem to get enough. But some content creators are doing a lot more than just crime storytelling. They're actually dipping their toes into crime solving. Insider's Jeff Weiss, who covers the creator economy, recently talked to a few of them. He's here to tell us about the complicated ethics involved and what police think about it. So, Jeff, you talked to a YouTuber named Kendall Ray. What has she been doing with her true crime channel? 
Kendall is a really interesting example of a new crop of creators. They're really taking an active hand in solving cases. And she really was a fan of true crime and started making true crime videos in 2017. Hi guys, welcome back to my channel. So today we have another true crime video. As she was doing it, she sort of started grappling with the ethics more and more. Um, she didn't want to really see it just as entertainment and she started to focus on victims in her storytelling as opposed to centering the perpetrator. However, I want to do what's going to be best for the victim and their family. And avoiding gore and not really engaging in speculation. To give the family members of some of these victims a platform. Sometimes I just can't believe how many people I reach. And, and in 2018 is when she started inviting family members onto her channel for collaborative videos. About a month ago, I was contacted by a girl named Sarah Turney. She DM'd me on Twitter and told me about her sister. Her sister's name is Alyssa Turney. Alyssa a young woman named Alyssa Turney had gone missing in 2001. I had the opportunity to actually work with her sister Sarah on this video. It made it incredibly real having a family member um, working with me, telling me their side of things, and it, it made this so much more personal. So she'd really reached out to Kendall to get her side of the story out there and advocate for you know the arrest of her father and he he was he was arrested in 2020 and has has yet to stand trial and what do police think about the kind of work that kendall is doing are they concerned about it at all you know kendall described a really kind of combative relationship with police a lot of her content is sort of calling out corruption or inaction on the part of police and she says that you know departments have left her voicemails like kind of annoyed that she's galvanizing her viewers to flood their phone lines and and she doesn't care <laughs> she's kind of undeterred as long as she's getting out the message that family members of victims want to get out sure there's also concerns about accusing the wrong perpetrator there's also concerns about the person who's kind of doing the investigation who's an amateur potentially putting themselves in danger and especially with incentives being really hard to disentangle you know like even for creator like kendall like has great intentions um their intentions are not identical to those of law enforcement so there's a fear that you could be you know overzealous and pursuing something sensationalized or doing something to get subscribers and to get views and to get money and, and fame you also um talk about this group called adventures with purpose i find them really interesting they scuba dive to find missing bodies can you talk about how they got started and what they're doing so adventures with purpose was they really kind of are the are the foremost channel of this like niche within the true crime YouTubers of search and rescue diving. Mm. They're on the road 20 weeks a year. They say they've solved 23 cold cases in the past several years. Officials have confirmed the body found in Jed Hall's car was that of the missing team. Despite the area being searched multiple times before, AWP found the car within 20 minutes of searching. Jed. They have 2.4 million subscribers. And they're providing their services really for free to families and to police. Hmm. That's interesting. But it sounds like one of the distinguishing features of Adventures with Purpose is that they're actually working with police. Exactly. 
Exactly. They really kind of exist in this gray area of law enforcement. One, where's your merchant site? Yeah, hey, uh, we're an underwater sonar search and recovery dive team. Uh, we came in the area. To you know, they've mastered the use of sonar in ways that law enforcement just either they don't have that technology or they're not trained in how to use it. We have identified the vehicle. We have positive identification. We need a uh, officer over here. Where are you, sir? And they also just have a different risk matrix than police. You know, law enforcement agencies really have to justify the risk and the resources of a dive. And they're usually doing that in a rescue context, not really a a recovery. But Adventures with Purpose doesn't have to justify that really to anybody. And as a result, like you said, police are really welcoming their help and soliciting it and They're actually even asking, you know, Adventures with Purpose to train them on their sonar usage. Very interesting. And it seems like it's an ever-evolving space. Jeff, thank you so much for chatting. Thank you. Jeff Weiss writes about the creator economy for Insider. Make sure to follow The Refresh from Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please leave a rating and review. It helps other people discover the show. I'm Rebecca Ibarra. And I'm Rob Gunther. We produce our show along with Grace Eliza Goodwin, Frank Alito, Carrie Donahue is our executive producer, Andy Bowers is the head of audio at Insider, and we had help this week from Dan Gooding. 